Hello, everybody, and thanks for coming to When Passion Meets Profit. I'm Patricia Noldrain, your host for this episode. And if you've been following me at all, you know that November is dedicated to confidence. I have so enjoyed doing it. But before I get into introducing you to this wonderful guest that we have today, I really wanted to read something to you that I got just maybe three days ago from someone that went through my course, my digital course, Your Gift is Your Niche. This is what he said. I went to college. I graduated in engineering. I didn't know what to do. So guess what I did? I stayed in school and got a master's degree. Then I really didn't know what to do. Then I met Patricia and she told me that she knew. Now she didn't say she thought. She said she knew that your gift is your niche would really make a difference in my life. And boy, did it ever. I knew if I knew then what I know now, I would, I would have done this so long ago because it's exactly what I needed to do. So now I know exactly what to do and I know what I have to do in my future. And guess what? It's not engineering, <laughs> which I think is amazing. His name is Piyush. I know it's an unusual name out of India, but why did I call it your gift is your niche? Well, it's because every single day in my re executive recruiting firm, I would be asked these questions. Patricia, I don't know what to be when I grow up. Patricia, I don't know what's next. What should I do? Patricia, I know I'm supposed to have a niche, but I have no idea what my niche is. And then they would say, as I would say, your gift is your niche. What do you mean? Do I have gifts? Yes, you have gifts. If you're interested and it resonates with anything I've said, go to your gift is your niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com and just read everything and see if it resonates with you. And if you want to take that course, I would just be thrilled to have you take that because it makes the world of difference. Okay. Back to the show and back to my guest today. Now, this is this is somebody that really stepped into and decided to teach others even about confidence. In fact, her podcast is called The Confidence Podcast. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Her name is Trish Blackwell, and I, I just love her voice. You will, too. And I'm so anxious to hear your story, really, Trish. So I'm all ears. I just want you to start and tell us all how you started and how did you get to where you are today? Oh my gosh. Well, Patricia, thank you. Well, first off, I'm beaming. I'm so excited to connect with you and to be part of your show and just to have the opportunity to speak to your audience. Time is That's so great. precious. It is so valuable. My hope is that in the short time that we have together, I can give some of your listeners some takeaways so that they understand that Confidence is a skill that we can train, that we can we can build, that we strengthen just like any other muscle. It is also a choice. I think I work with a lot of people who say, well, I've lost my confidence or mm -hmm. I just do this if I could be confident. And I don't think you can lose your confidence. I think it just atrophies. We need to strengthen it. So that's just a little bit. Thank you for having me. As Patricia already said, my name is Trish. I host a show called The Confidence Podcast. We are in year 10 of that podcast. And oh, so wow. my story is that uh, I'll try to give you a super quick overview nutshell. I actually specialize in confidence for all people, but my super niche, niche down element of it is I help high achievers overcome anxiety and overthinking so that they can trust themselves and have the confidence and courage to step into their calling. So I really specialize, particularly in my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice with, with high achievers, uh, executives, uh, uh, consultants, doctors, lawyers, 
people who know they're made for more, but they, we have that perfectionism, that self-critical voice that keeps coming mm -hmm. back. But so why am I so passionate about that in general and very, very specific and confidence in general? Well, I'm a high achiever. I've always been that type A driven personality. And on the outside, I always, I, I always appeared confident. And to be honest, I was confident as a child and in my adolescence and my collegiate years. However, I had like quasi confidence. And so it, on the outside, it looked like I had my life together. And on the inside, I was crumbling. I felt like I was pretending all day. I was struggling with massive imposter syndrome. But more than that, the the, the voice that beat myself up that I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't, I wasn't pretty enough, skinny enough, smart enough, cool enough, whatever, film the blank enough, I would just continue to push myself. And I was in highly competitive circles and, and it just, I wasn't ever taught tools and I always had to pretend that it, I had it all together. And so I was mm -hmm. this person who was wildly successful and deeply insecure. And I said, okay, something's got to give right? And that's what got me into coaching. And that's what got me into understanding neuroplasticity and how the brain changes and what true confidence is. And, and also to, to normalize that it's actually, you can be confident and still struggle with insecurity mm -hmm. and how to walk through that, how to, how to, how to have a self-doubting brain because you have a human brain, question yourself and then be able to talk back to it. It's the learning to have a conversation that I think the conversation with yourself can change your life entirely. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so my story, that's the, that's kind of the big, big zoom back picture of my story. But in my story, I included some accolades of being a highly competitive athlete as a child, being expected to be a teenage Olymp Olympian and that shattering um, and not, not happening, which really destroyed my identity, my confidence, what I thought my mm -hmm. whole purpose was. I went to highly competitive boarding school and highly competitive university and then thought I would go into a very traditional route. Meanwhile, while I'm this high level athlete and achiever, I was secretly struggling for 10 years, 15 years even, with, a, with an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And so self-sabotaging behind the scenes, driving myself into the ground to be successful, and then self-medicating with food, right? And then punishing mm -hmm. myself with exercise. And, and I just got really passionate about, once I, once I found the tools to free myself from some of those self-destructive patterns, and I learned how to stop beating myself up, which I learned while actually while I was living in Europe, I was like, hold on, I need to teach people this. And that's why I'm passionate. That's wonderful. It's just great. And I love the fact that you even started a college, which yes. is a confidence college. I yes. love that idea because people lose their confidence. All of us do at certain times and you need a boost again. And I love that you're working with high achievers because I feel bad for people, athlete, athletes in particular, just like you said, here you are, this high-performing athlete, and you didn't get to go to the Olympics, and it just destroyed yeah. you. I know people like that also, and, and then they don't know what to do, you know, yeah. what, they, what they should be when they grow up. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very glad you're into this whole confidence issue. I had no idea, to be honest, Trish, how big it was until I realized that the, my podcasts that get listened to the most, one podcast is It's Okay to Love Yourself. It went through the mm. roof. And another mm. one that says, I promise you can build your confidence because, and you're mm. saying it also, because I think some people think if, if they, you know, I'm, and this is my question. I, I love this question. If somebody, you say on a scale of one to 10, 10 being blissful, and this person said, uh, how much confidence do you have? This person says, oh, I'm either a one or a two. Mm. I mean, what would you say to that person? 
I'd say, let's start training it. You're in mm -hmm. a good place because, because it's when we start telling ourselves tr the truth that we can actually implement change. And so like I would commend and applaud and just be so proud of the willingness to slow down and say, wow, this is an area of my life I want to change. And I kind of love it. I love being that, I love that underdog story because now you're going to have such a clear separation of this is who I started as. Watch me become who I can be. Because mm -hmm. confidence is, it's like putting, I mean, you, if you take, if we keep it very simple and you just keep the athletic imagery, whether you're an athlete or not, I think anyone can relate to this. If you line up two athletic teenagers of equal talent and say, go, and they're, they're runners, go run as fast as you can. Who's going to win? If equal talent, equal training, all things, it's the person who has the most confidence is the mm -hmm. one who will win. And so I love going, we know that this is like the jet fuel of the human experience. That's true. And without, I think there's so much shame. We shame ourselves over this, I should be more confident, right? Yes. Especially when in the context of high achievers, right? And high achiever, and maybe you've gone to Ivy Leagues, maybe you're making multiple six figures, or you're you're getting you're you're moving up the ranks. You you don't meet a challenge that you don't rise above yet. And so everyone thinks you have it together. And so now the secret, shameful secret that you're harboring is that you don't feel like you have it together and you don't even have confidence. And so I, I love those, I love when people acknowledge that that's where they're at. Because my gosh, if you've accomplished a ton with where you're at and you have the one or two out of scale of 10 of confidence, goodness gracious, buckle up for what you're actually capable mm -hmm. of. That's, that's just wonderful. I'm, I'm just so thrilled that you stepped out as the person that says, come to me, I know how to do it. I did yeah. it on me, I've done it on others. And, and thinking of that, can you give a couple of examples of how you really did help somebody up-level their confidence. I'd love Abs to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have stories coming in all the time from from the from the podcast, from podcast listeners who say that even just listening to the podcast show itself and yes. implementing it over a series of months has given them the courage to get out of toxic relationships, to date mm -hmm. with confidence, to have standards in their dating, and to ask for raises and be awarded raises and promotions in their company that they never thought were even possible. So there's that. I have, I've worked with people who have, who have been miserable in their jobs. And when we change their confidence and their ownership of their story and what they can really see themselves being able of doing in the future, because so often if you don't have confidence – in yourself, you won't have confidence mm -hmm. for the future that you want to or can create. So we limit ourselves in our vision. We limit ourselves in, in what we actually are willing to do. But when you change what your, your, your trust in yourself and your confidence in yourself, I've helped people start stepping into life, meaning they write the book that they've been thinking about writing for 10 years. They, mm -hmm. they switch career companies and start double. I have I had clients who have doubled their income in a span of six months. It's it's just absolutely amazing. I've had women who have struggled with body confidence. And, and, you know, it's just the story that we're telling ourselves in our brain because what you focus on is what your brain is going to filter for. And so let's say they're focused on the fact that they don't like their legs or their pear shape and they kept filtering mm -hmm. for that and they hadn't worn shorts. These are highly successful, highly mm -hmm. successful people who secretly admit finally in a coaching scenario, hey, I'm... I actually will never wear a pair of shorts. I hide my, my, my body on the beach. And then it's amazing. A few months later, they're wearing shorts and they go, I'm never going back. Mm, that's great. So, I mean, it really can change. It, it, it changes all areas of your life. 
Don't you think, because uh, I know for me and others that I work with, our confidence levels go up and down all the time. So you kind of have to stay in that middle because you'll never be a 10 all the time. There's no right. way. But what did you do to really take that very first step to say, something's going to change. You said you were in Europe. What was the mm -hmm. very first thing you did? I started to study the life that I wanted to have. I think that's the, yeah. where it starts. It, if, without vision, people perish. We, we perish. Mm -hmm. We need the vision. And I was living in France and I, I looked around and I said, there's so much about this life that I want to live. There's this, this joie de vivre, this style of living, but there's also part of my American life. And I started getting really curious about if I could design my life on purpose, what, it, what would it look like? And then take that question one step deeper. If I could design the person I want to be, who do I want to become? Who is that version? You see, we ask kids as little kids, hey, who do you want to be when you grow up? But we stop asking that question when they're teenagers. But I think that question never goes out of style. <laughs> like, no, who, do want, who do you want to be in the future? Mm -hmm. And now we get to practice being that person. So for me, I started by, by asking those questions and then getting a very clear vision of who it was I wanted to be in this world and what difference I wanted to make. And then and I call that my future self. And I, I talk mm -hmm. about my the version of you you are right now is the 1.0 you. And this 2.0 upgraded, you know, fancier, better version, uh, more expanded, not better, all worth never changes, but more alive and vibrant version of you. Well, how mm -hmm. are they different? What do they think about themselves that you don't yet? And we simply start to practice those thoughts. And then how do we keep our confidence elevated and high? I really believe in mental, daily mental maintenance, choosing what your core emotion of the day is going to be and choosing to be somebody who's aware of your thoughts, guarding your mind, saying, gosh, if my thoughts dictate my emotions and my emotions are the, the fuel that generate the actions that I, I, I feel capable of doing, I have to be a master of my thoughts. And so every day, even just for five or 10 minutes, journaling in the morning, being curious about what's going on in your brain and asking yourself, does this story serve me? Does the way I'm thinking serve me or does it hurt me? Because you're going one way or the other. You know, I love that. And I have not heard that daily maintenance of your, you know, really guarding your mind. I think that's just valuable information. So I hope everybody heard what she did first. She did. She had a vision and then she grew into who it was that she wanted to be. That's developing confidence. I, I seriously, my two things that you said were that you can build your confidence because many people really think they can't and you can strengthen your confidence. And if you don't, it could atrophy. I think yeah. that's probably the most important thing that we could get across in this podcast. Well, you know, the title of this is, and I know everybody that's on here knows the title, but Stop Beating Yourself Up. It destroys your confidence. Uh, just what does that mean to you? Yeah, for me, it means that when we are hard on ourselves, when we are self-critical, it is, it, it's chipping away at your most foundational jet fuel. It's emptying the, the fuel from your tank. And when we beat ourselves up, here's the typical narrative. We tend to give ourselves a scapegoat of saying, well, I'm just hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Or I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm super kind and gracious to everybody else. I'm just a little hard on myself or look, I'm just, you know, I have high standards. We, we justify some inner self bullying, but listen, a bully is a bully is a bully. 
And when you bully yourself thinking that is going to be what's going to give you the impetus to change the, that, that I, and I was stuck in this cycle for years. I thought, well, the way to, to have better, more willpower, the way to be more confident is just to have higher standards and then be really disappointed in myself when I didn't meet those standards. That way I could mm -hmm. shame myself into change. Shame never works. It never works. And so what it does is it just destroys you and you're giving yourself this message that again, here I'm not, here again, I'm not enough. Here again, I'm not enough. And here again, I'm not enough. And if you start believing you're not enough and that you're behind and that you're never going to quite get it, you are not even just atrophying, but you are, you're injuring yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're, and yeah. you're I, you know, I love that, what you said, uh, that people, and I've never heard this before. See, you're a brilliant little girl for sure. And <laughs> we, just, we justify our bullying. I think yeah. that's absolutely a fact. And yeah. I never thought about it like that before, but I, even the people that I'm around and myself included, uh, I have definitely justified that I'm hard on myself. Definitely. Yeah. And that, yeah. don't justify it anymore. I'm well, it's, we, because honestly, Patricia, it's socially acceptable to say yeah, but we yeah. don't know how dangerous it is. How dangerous it is, and we don't give ourselves enough. I think one of the core things that will change someone's life is to know that your words have power. You can change mm -hmm. your confidence by changing your words. There's one thing I wanted to add. I, I think that when I when I when I work with people or they start listening to my work, they get very excited. They see the work. They see the changes happening, and they see the confidence grow. And then they get frustrated to think, "Well, couldn't I just? Why? Why do I have to keep?" being mindful of my thoughts. Why do I have to keep working on this? And I just wanted to, to make sure it gets said, confidence is not a destination. It is a journey in the same way fitness is. If someone said, well, I've got my, my bikini body. I don't ever have to go to the gym again. We would be like, mm. <laughs> you still should take some walks and run. And you know, you still have to go to the gym. You in the same way too, we brush our teeth multiple times a day because that's good oral hygiene. I think good mental hygiene, good emotional mm -hmm. hygiene is this journaling for five minutes a day, thinking about what you think about, deciding on purpose who you're going to show up as that day and who you're becoming. And rather than go, oh, this is a lot of internal work to say, so was brushing my teeth, but I got used to it. Mm -hmm. This is me brushing my brain, brushing away the insecurity, brushing away the self-doubt every single day. I am so glad that you stepped into this position. I really am because you're brilliant at it. Well, and, thank you. And I'm sure your college. Now, say what the name of the college is. Yeah, it's called uh, College. It's our uh, College of Confidence. And you can find out info at mm -hmm. collegeofconfidence.com. Yeah, it's a monthly group coaching program. We have modules and live coaching where I teach all of the methodologies of this. Mm, love it. So love that it, love it. people have tools that they're empowered. That's not something you need to guess at or about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do need tools. A lot of people think, oh, I'll just do it on my own. No, sometimes you have to have that tool. You have to have techniques. And that's where she comes in. But one of the things, uh, can you tell us where to get in touch with you? I mean, let's Absolutely. say somebody's not interested in the college, but yeah, they're interested yeah. Come, in Well, come check out my website, trishblackwell.com. Or come, if you're a podcast listener, chances are you're always looking for another good show. Go yes, check out right. the Confidence Podcast. That's super easy. I'm on. I'm everywhere podcasts are. We would love to have you as part of our podcast family as well. Well, I started listening to you, Trish, and I was just really taken by the subject, first of all, because I, I've, I've been like you, you know, as a younger person, I just had confidence. And, and yeah. I, I should, I, by the way, I shouldn't have, <laughs> because I was not, <laughs> I was not like you going to the Olympics, but, yeah. but uh, I, to teach it is a whole different thing and to be it is mm. totally different. So I'm just so thrilled Thank that you. you're doing it. And I love her podcast. So the, 
confidence podcast is what you'll look up and also go on our website. I love your website and I love Thank seeing you. your face and seeing you because your voice, yep. as I've told you, is velvet. I got a big old smile too. You should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, I'm just thrilled, Trish, and everybody else that's listening right now, I know they're thrilled because they're, they have hope. That's what you yes. did today. You gave these people hope that, oh, she told me exactly what to do, what she did when she lost Absolutely. her confidence. Yeah. So I, I just really appreciate it. And until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noldrain. <laughs>